This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this particular Friday morning? Well, I'd like to introduce to all the listeners and the podcast subscribers, Keisha A. Rivers, President Chief Outcome Facilitator. Keisha A. Rivers survived a harrowing Hurricane Katrina experience to become a successful speaker, change agent, and learning leader. She facilitates successful outcomes for her clients by equipping people to manage change while centering on three main areas, engagement, learning, and leadership. She is celebrating the success of her podcast, Mindset to Mastery, development of the CARS Facilitated Outcome Approach, being selected as a contributor for Thrive Global and I Know Media, and is excited about the recent launch of her training and resource center, the CARS Academy and Online Learning Library, where you can discover more and learn more about Keisha at www.carsgroup.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I am fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. And I'm so glad we got to flip the tables today uh, in terms of you being on the other end of the mic because you were so gracious and not that long ago inviting me to be a guest on your phenomenal podcast. And I just want to say your delivery and your intuitiveness when it comes to really asking key questions and going deeper than the superficial is amazing. And I gave you that feedback afterwards because I was super impressed by you. Oh, well, thank you. I have not been doing this as long as you have, so I don't consider myself an expert. So that that actually goes a long way in terms of making me feel good about this process. Well, you should be very proud of what you've accomplished for yourself and, and cultivated. And really, it's not about the length of time. Some people could be a veteran, so-called, based on the longevity of how many years they've been attached to something. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at it. They just do it, right? Yeah. So exactly. I think you're phenomenal. And for everything that you continue to do in the space of paying it forward and being of service, I just want to say kudos to you. And uh, congratulations on all your ongoing success. I think you're a powerhouse. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes I'm trying to figure out how to keep all the balls juggling in the air. So. <laughs> Are we all? Are we all? So let's jump into let's jump into Katrina because that seems to be a huge catalyst for 
what you redefined or recalibrated in going forward, um, what was more instrumental, what was more substantially deep and meaningful for the purpose of what you're now doing. So let's talk about Katrina, what that actually did to displace you, what that did to, um, for a period of time, mess you up and then get you back on the straight and narrow for where you now are. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, Katrina has been years ago, um, over a decade and it took me close to 10 years, actually over 10 years before I was able to even talk about it. Um, and so for a long time, no one aside from my, you know, family and, and friends really knew, um, that I had been a part of that. And so being living in New Orleans at the time, and being on the ground, so to speak, um, to seeing all the chaos that happened behind the scenes. And, you know, everybody always asks, why didn't you evacuate? And, and I tell them, I said, well, we couldn't because when they said to evacuate, you know, I-10 is the only way to get in or out of New Orleans and everybody is on the highway and they're literally running out of gas on the highway because nobody's moving. Mm-hmm. And so you are faced with, this inevitability of I have to stay and I have to make the best of it. So, you know, we boarded up our house and our house was five feet off the ground and it was in an area that normally didn't flood. So I felt pretty cool, you know, pretty safe because this had happened before, you know, a year earlier, we had had a threat of Hurricane George and, you know, nothing happened. And really when the storm, you know, came and made landfall, it was really the storm surge and the flooding. And, um, you know, we ended up with, you know, we, we looked outside and, um, and, and you see water covering everything and water starting to come into your house. And, and I remembered that morning I had just hung up from talking to my cousin and telling him, yeah, we're here. You know, the power just went out as it normally does. And, um, you know, we're going to sit tight. We've got rations, you know, food and everything. And, you know, we're just going to wait it out. And as soon as I hung up, I see water coming in under the baseboards and within 15 minutes, water is chest high in my oh house. Oh, my God. And, you know, and now we're like, okay, we have to scramble and get into the attic. And I had, you know, four dogs and a cat. So I'm getting the dogs into the attic and the dogs are roaming around and, you know, roaming off the edge of the stuff that is, um, you know, the, the plywood that we have. So they're falling back through the sheetrock and, and you know, crashing down into the water. And, and so there's this whole thing of it being surreal, you know, the water's rushing in and you're trying to get into the attic and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the water rise beneath my feet and realize that there's no way out of my house. Hmm. And, and you're hearing the wind raging and you're hearing people next door screaming because they're being woken up at four in the morning by water rushing into their beds. And, and, it, and it's just, it, it's something that as I look back on it, you almost have to have an out-of-body experience with it. You can't say that this is really what I'm going through and this is really my life mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you panic. And um, so, you know, I'm sitting there and I remember having my arms wrapped around the rafter of the roof and I'm watching the corner of the roof lift up every every time there's a huge gust of wind and the house is shaking like it's being, you know, buffeted by a train or something and and I'm holding onto the rafters and I'm holding down with all my weight and I'm going just hold just hold because if the roof comes off then where do I go um 
So it's like you're you're in here and you're going through this thing and you're hearing all these sounds and your your life is flashing before your eyes. And the one thing that kept coming to me is, is this it? You know, mm-hmm. all the things I wanted to do, all the places I wanted to go, the impact that I wanted to make. You know, I don't have children because I couldn't have kids. And, and it's like, you know, will anybody ever know that I was here? You know, what type of change did I make in the world? What type of mark did I make? And, and that's all that kept coming into my mind. Is this it? You know, if I'm gone, will anybody remember me in five years? Have I done anything at all that is going to be noteworthy after 10 years? And, and so that began this, this, internal dialogue and questioning within myself of how do I make an impact mm-hmm. and, and how do I turn this situation into something that is going to be memorable, that is going to have some type of longevity beyond the time that I pass through. And so, you know, we, we, we get through the storm and we end up um, getting picked up by um, a neighbor who you know, just took a fishing boat that washed up on his roof and started going around to pick up people. And we end up in a school for five days. Um, and it, it was, you know, kind of like a Lord of the Flies thing. There were, there were 10 of us there. And it, they literally told us, if you are not contributing, you will not eat. Because wow. there's, there's so little around. Um, and it turns out there were three three guys who were in the school with us who had literally, who had literally been in jail. Um, and when the floodwaters started to rise, the jail attendants walked in, opened the jail cell and said, good luck. Wow. And so they ended up in our school, um, you know, trying to, to figure out how to survive. And so we're trapped in here, no electricity. You know, we all kind of pooled our rations with whatever food and water we had. Um, and we, everybody had a job. So because I was a former teacher, there were three kids that were there. So I took charge of the kids and I said, okay, we're going to go through the school and we're going to scrounge around for anything that we can use, um, you know, for blankets or, you know, since I had taught science, I, we taught, I taught the kids how to make candles. So we made candles and we cleaned and we took care of, there were three elderly people um, in our group. Everybody had a job. Um, if you did not have a job and if you weren't contributing, then they were like, okay, well, you can't stay. And there's no place else to go. <laughs> but they said, you can't stay. Um, and so the five days that I'm there and you know we're going between it being unbearably hot to having all this water around you and you can't drink it. And, right. and we're, we're watching bodies floating by and, and you know, people's houses and, and all of this. And, and it's just this whole experience that it forces you to, to face the fact that the life that you knew, you can't go back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is going to be the same. Um, and when we finally got rescued and, and ended up um, getting airlifted out and, and going, ended up in Georgia and, again, it was all this chaos and it was like, okay, what impact am I going to make? Am I going to just sit here and walk or am I going to turn this into something that is going to mean something for me and to the other people around me? And so that's kind of how my journey began on dealing with change. 
Um, it was interesting because one of my girlfriends told me, she said, you know, your life has been a masterclass. You know, it was like, you know, you go through Katrina and then you, um, and then, you know, I ended up with, uh, with, uh, with physical ailments where I had to have multiple surgeries and was in the hospital for 14 days and almost died. And she's like, you know, she's like, you just, she's like, I don't see how you're still upbeat and how you look at life with the wonder that you do when I would be in a padded room with happy pills. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it's all in the- Well, that's a good segue. That's a good segue for a lot of- Absolutely. And that's a good segue for what I want to jump into, because as I was listening to your story, and I didn't know all the nuts and bolts of that. So Keisha, for what you've imparted, what you've shared, and and you broke it down so succinctly. I mean, I got visuals with everything you were saying. So good storytelling there. Um, But I just want to say, again, underscore, I am so immensely impressed by you. Um, one for you to have championed what you, uh, survived where a lot of people, even if they had physically survived, that would have like crushed their spirit that would have put them into a perpetual state of fear. You know, uh, it would have probably dispirited them. It probably would have made them go into the opposite mindset extreme where we can subscribe to victimology as opposed to, as you did when you were in the immediate throes of it. What can I do if I survive this? What can I do so that this brings meaning to it? It brings purpose to it. And I do something that, you know, we're not knowing because we none of us have a crystal ball. But even if you had survived that, knowing that you wanted to kickstart something immediately that was going to leave residual impact and legacy on the rest of the world, to know that that was even in your mindset when you're in the midst of a crisis, a life threatening crisis, and you're thinking about how can I serve people? <laughs> you know, and 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 I would even go so far as to say that even though that was your mindset, which I applaud you on, that says a lot. That speaks true volumes for who you are as a human being. Um, but for what you what you took immediate stock of in your situation, again, having been a former teacher and taking immediate action and control of the situation where those children were concerned, going right back into survival mode. Okay. I taught you how to make candles. Now we're going to be self-sufficient. We're going to do whatever we can with whatever resources we have. It doesn't matter how dire the circumstances look or may appear or whether we even come out of this. Um, we're just going to, you know, when people talk about fight or flight, you took immediate action and, uh, not everybody can look back on their lives, whether they're faced with that level of adversity and know within themselves, even if it's never spoken to another human being, but we all know the truth within ourselves at the core level. Um, was I a bystander in my own life? Did I idly sit by when I could have been part of the solution and let other people tank? No, I rose to the occasion. And so that to me is all the credibility, all the legitimacy for what you're doing now in your successful business and for the more meaningful, profound, impactful reasons for why what you're doing is so innately important. And you're just so genuine with it all. You can't go through what you went through, come out of it, do what you're doing today, and it be for contrived, fabricated, uh, disingenuous reasons. I mean, you're beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. And it, and I always, you know, I always get the question. People always ask me, why are you always 
drawn to people that are going through chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I have absolutely no idea, but for some reason I have been created with this ability to bring calm and peace to chaotic situations. Mm-hmm. And I have been provided this gift with being able to see what's the best path to get through the chaos that we're experiencing now and the upheaval that we're experiencing now. What is the best path to get us through on the other side where we're not left broken mm-hmm. and we're not left scarred and we're not left, you know, afraid of our own shadow? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before Katrina, I used to love the ocean. I used to love the water. I used to love thunderstorms. And after Katrina, I had developed a fear of water and a fear of the ocean. And I got panic attacks anytime it rained longer than five minutes. Hmm. And to me, that was not acceptable because I was not going to live my life, you know, harnessed by this fear that would keep me stagnant and keep me stuck. So I said, you know what? I have a fear of water now. I, I can't do this. I'm going on a cruise. My first ever seven days. (laughs) Good for you. And, and I didn't just go by myself. I started a, I had started a group, um, called released and ready. And it was about releasing the power and the potential within. And I took eight women with me who had been dealing with their own fears in their own, um, their own crises and things that had, um, bottled them up. And they wanted to be released so that they could operate in their gifts and they could move past the hurt and the pain and they could start shifting their their lives from one of reacting and to the circumstances and instead creating the success that they wanted. So I had eight women with me on the seven day cruise and together we supported each other and we talked about how we were going to release all of those old fears and those old mindsets. And, and I don't even know where it came from, but I developed this approach to help them reprogram their minds and their way of thinking and help them to see that they had the innate power within them that they just had to tap into of how to manage change and embrace change and use it as fuel for what they wanted to do in the world and not think of it as something that was just coming at them and that was happening to them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I want to go back uh, to something that you said when you opened up with all of this. You know, so in terms of the characterization of, of, of your friend or whomever it was you referenced, having said, you know, what is it about you that you always flock to people who are in need? I'm going to reframe that. Um, and it's not to say that there's not an element of truth to that. But I'm going to reframe it in such a way that my observation of you is because of your innate strength and your strength and standing in your strength and standing in your power. And by power, I mean being empowered and not succumbing to fear, which is a choice. It's a fundamental choice. It truly is, is I think because you emanate that you emit that you execute that that's how you approach daily life. And for having come through a couple of near death experiences for which you described, uh, you know, you have the firsthand experience of knowing that nothing is guaranteed. So I think because that's all part and parcel of your DNA, your life experiences, which has uh, really shifted your outlook and approach to how you strategize your life. Um, I think 
I think people who are in crisis actually are the ones who flock to you because I describe you outside of like this and, and there's a lot of parallels between you and I, but this isn't about me. This is about you. Um, but people have oftentimes said that about me as well. And I have learned to reframe that as well because, you know, it's too woo woo to say light healer or energy worker. So oftentimes people like you and I, you know, we can, we can, we can deliver business better if it's under the guise of leadership or mm -hmm. if it's coach or mentor or whatever. Uh, but I think because you're truly a light healer and you're an energy worker and because you know that you've been able to survive uh, and not just survive, but sir, thrive and, and, and combat all the things that could have fundamentally kept you submerged in the abyss and you chose not to, people see that you're the walking, talking, breathing example. If you can do that for yourself, you can assist anybody on that journey. Yeah. And, and it was so key that for the longest time, because I look at, at experiences and, and the things that happened, I didn't give it this huge amount of weight. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't look at it as, oh, this was a huge turning point in my life. And, oh, my life was miserable. And, oh, you know, I didn't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, was, it was interesting because I would talk to people and I might mention, oh, yeah, you know, because after Katrina, da, 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 da. And they go, wait, 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 I'm sorry. You, you were in Katrina? <laughs> and I go, well, yeah. And they're like, oh, were you just affected? I was like, no. I said, remember when they were showing the footage of the people in the little baskets getting airlifted out? I was in one of those. And they're just like, wait, I'm, I'm, wait, what, what? <laughs> so, so then it would be this whole thing of they're looking at me. And I literally had people who would say, you don't look like you've been through that. <laughs> and I would look and say, okay, so how am I supposed to look? Because this is how I look. You know? Exactly. But exactly. it's, just, it's just this whole thing. Of, and I think that it's true that people are drawn more to me. Um, and, and I always would say, hey, I don't I don't know what it is about me. I don't know what it is that you're picking up on. But I, I, have, I had so many people who whenever there is any type of chaos or upheaval or um, or huge amount of of change that they don't know how to deal with. Mm -hmm. somehow they look at me and they say, okay, you're, 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 you're consistent. Mm -hmm. You're strong. You're solid. You're calming. There are so many people that say, you know what? Your energy is just so peaceful. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else is running around and going, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. And you're just like, yeah, we're good. You know, <laughs> just got to figure out what to do. <laughs> and, and so it's like you said, I realized that people were more apt to accept it and to embrace it and what I have to give if I if I put it under leadership and engagement mm -hmm. and, you know, let's look at learning and how do we shift people's mindset and the way that they're thinking about their situations? How do we move them from victim to creator? Yes. Um, and, and, and making that whole shift within them. And so I found this new niche, I guess, of organizations who are looking at it, at what I do and saying, you know what, nothing is constant except change. True. And, and we can tell from the way the world is now and what's going on that people can't handle stuff being different. <laughs> Very true. Um, Very so, true. You know, so they look at me and they say, okay, how, how, how can you help us? How can you get people to 
embrace what's going on and understand that this doesn't mean that it's the end of the world as they know it. You know, how do you get them to shift the way that they're framing what they can do in their sense of power within this? Because really fear of change is about fear of being powerless. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, and, and one of the, t- the subject matters, and I, I want to flip it because I want your perspective on it. And I think for everything that you've embodied to do, and I think for the way you choose to execute your life, it speaks part and parcel of, of what your answer might be indicative of. But I want to give you the opportunity in which to uh, verbalize it in your own words. So, you know, we talked on your show um, about, you know, the perception of oftentimes people think purpose is a derivative of passion. Mm -hmm. And where once upon a time, I myself may have been inclined to have thought that what I really when you the more clear you get on your backstory, and what precipitates you to step into making momentous, huge change by taking actionable steps, continuously doing so. um, It's it's really about desperation. And and yes, once you tap into your desperation and make it work for you in a way that you've clearly defined what your purpose is and knowing that because you were solution focused to get yourself out of whatever your current circumstance was at that particular time in your juncture, when you realize that you're not the only person and it doesn't matter whether people can relate to having experienced Katrina or not as human beings we all know what it is to face crisis we all know what it is to feel in the abyss we all know what those things feel like um so once you tapped into okay if I could make this work for me and knowing that being a fellow human being there isn't one person on the face of the planet who can't relate to what it is to feel stuck Um, or, or to feel immobilized by fear, I then can take what I've successfully navigated for myself and I can turn that based on my purpose being what it now is. And I can uplift the masses. I can shift change for the masses. And so what is your thought Keisha with purpose? What does purpose mean to you? I think purpose to me, um, and I've had long discussions with myself and debates about this. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, I talk to myself because, you know, who else am I going to talk to? (laughs) (laughs) You're preaching to the preacher, sister. (laughs) Um, So, so, and and I've I've gone through that whole thing of, you know, people are saying that, um, you know, just like you said, in terms of, of what purpose comes out, I think that your purpose is more aligned with the true nature of who you are mm-hmm. and how you show up to yourself. Yes. Um, and, and in different situations, I have, you know, had several reincarnations um, of, you know, different aspects of my career in the last 15 years um, of my consulting business where I focused on different areas. I focused on marketing. I focused on nonprofits. I focused on um, personal growth and development And throughout all of them, there was a common factor. Mm -hmm. And at my core, I am someone who is deeply drawn to people who are going through life changes. Mm -hmm. Whether they were starting a new business because they left an old job or they were starting a nonprofit because something happened in their family and now they were passionate about that 
or whether there was an organization that they wanted to, you know, step up and, and step out of their comfort zone to be able to to lead. So they wanted to know more about, you know, how to how to become more leadership material, or they were, you know, a product of divorce, or they had been through abuse and they wanted to figure out how to take their own power back and how to to find their own voice. Yeah. When we look at purpose, regardless of the different stops along the way in our lives, there is a constant thread. There is a commonality Mm -hmm. that links every single aspect of what you've done. And that becomes your identifier of what, who you are at your core and what you gravitate towards. Bingo. Beautiful. And so a lot of people look for purpose externally, but to understand your purpose, you have to look internally. Yes. And as we talked about in your amazing podcast too, you know, there's no coincidence, particularly when we're talking about mastery of oneself or we're talking Mm -hmm. about personal growth, personal development, you know, the whole jargon of self preceding every other aspect of what is a core principle and what is essentially fundamental and what is required. So whether we're talking about self-esteem, whether we're talking about self-worth, self-concept, uh, you know, all of those things, it's an inside job. So yes. it doesn't it doesn't matter how well intentioned you might be for wanting to shift the rest of the planet until you've demonstrated the capacity, the capability, the know-how, the wanting to consistently for yourself, then you're, in, you're otherwise going to inconsistently show up for everyone else. And that could actually be doing a disservice, right? With the start, stop, start, stop. Yes. And I can tell you that one thing that I have um, found is that until I accepted and embraced who I am at my core, yeah, I was not consistent in anything. I would start it, and usually when it got to the point where it got too close to home, because I can tell, you know, anyone that knows me um, knows that I'm a very private person. I, Mm -hmm. you know, went through this whole Katrina thing, and nobody really knew for years. Um, You know, there were other aspects of my life and and things that I've gone through, because to me, it was like, yeah, doesn't matter. Had it, it happened. I went through it. I'm good. I'm moving forward. And so I never really talk about myself. I don't Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, until recently, I hadn't been doing that. And my good friend of mine told me, she said, you have to become accountable to yourself to share yourself. Yes. Yes. Because you would therefore be expecting that in terms of that, that established trust and transparency mm-hmm. uh, and openness, right? Because we, we, you and I both know that vulnerability is a strength. And so yes. if, if we're going to impress that upon anybody who we're going to potentially do business with, and when you're talking about mentorship, that's a very intimate relationship. And so for people, for you to really facilitate shifting change alongside your clients, um, you've got to ask them to bravely step up, which means they've got to give you information. They've got to, you know, they've got to open up about their triggers. They've got to open up about their blocks. They've got to open up about some of the things uh, in terms of 
um, old doctrination that they're still holding on to, other people's belief of them for what they should be, believe, stand up for, not stand up for, subscribe to, not subscribe to. You know, people get lost in the opinion or the impression of what other people have of them, no matter what age they are. And so there's a lot to deconstruct there to get back to the grassroots of who are you without any of these significant relationships or past hardships who are you within yourself? Which yes. means people have to be comfortable enough to disclose to you so that you can make the work. You can, you can mm-hmm. grow and expand people um, and, and encourage them through your own example to show that it's safe to do so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think what you just said there and for what you acknowledged, uh, I applaud you for saying that. A lot of people wouldn't have said that. But that is key in terms of the partnership that we have with anyone we're doing business with. Yeah. And and this is some one of the things that, you know, as companies start looking more at, um, you know, employee engagement and there, you know, there's this, this new buzz phrase, you know, we want people to bring their whole selves to work. Mm-hmm. People don't know who they are. That's right. So who are they bringing to work? Are they bringing the professional person? who, mm-hmm. you know, this is my resume and my background and, you know, and I'm the leader or the manager and this is therefore how I act because this is what it's, what is expected of me. Do they bring the fact that they have, they're an, an introverted extrovert? Mm-hmm. Do they bring the fact that, you know, hey, I like working remote because I don't really like people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know do they bring their over-the-top personality and their quirky sense of humor? Do they, you know... What do they? What are they allowed to bring? Mm-hmm. And so we're finding that there's this shift now in the workforce and in society, and especially because of the way that social media has enabled us to show more of who we are. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are some people that are taking that and saying, "Well, you know what? I don't like who I am, so I'm going to show the world who I want to be." They're going to put the filters on. And, you know, I there was this running joke that when whenever people posted their profile pictures or posted pictures of themselves on on Instagram because of all the filters, it's like if I had to if you turned up missing and I had to use your Instagram <laughs> photos, I would not know who to look for because you don't look anything like that in real life. But it, it, it is this whole thing of people want to be a better version of themselves, but you can't become a better version of yourself if you're not willing to look at who you are and say, this is what's worth saving about yes. me. Yes. And here are my strengths. And this is what I want to play up. And these are the things that I need to do better, but not looking at yourself as being I'm unworthy of even being acknowledged so therefore, I'm going to put all these filters on. I'm going to change what I look like. I'm going to, you know, make myself look different and sound different with all of these different filters and, and tools and apps. Mm, you know, absolutely. You can't run from yourself. You're with yourself 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're the only, only you're the only person that is constantly with you. I don't care if you're married, if you have kids, at some point, you're going to get some alone time and your alone time is going to be with you. That's right. Absolutely. 
And if you're, if you're not comfortable in your own skin because you're constantly hiding from the truth or the reality of yeah. what you're not yet prepared to face within yourself, that's going to leak out and bleed out in all other aspects, whether consciously or subconsciously, whether directly, mm -hmm. indirectly, whether uh, deliberately or unintentionally. It, it's just the way human nature is. Yes. And so full disclosure with everything, whether we're talking about the aesthetics of what you're uploading in terms of your persona, um, you know, and I appreciate that you're saying this because I've talked about that at nauseum on my live streams when I've had no makeup on, my hair's going gray, you know, uh, and, and I'm just like so jazzed with what I'm talking about. Like I'm spitting, I got spit on the bottom of my lip, but I'm so in the zone with what I'm trying to impart about what's truly meaningful that that stuff, I, I'm, I, I'm so not tuned into that. Mm -hmm. And yet, unfortunately, a lot of people feel that if they're not presenting on that particular day as the package deal or things aren't coordinated, whether it be makeup, hair, nails, clothing, whatnot, oh my God, I can't go in front of an audience today. I can't impart my message today. Well, yeah. if your message is only contingent on the aesthetics of who you are, uh, then, then who is your demographic anyway? Like, mm -hmm. you can't say that you're authentic when you're, you're, you're being very selective with when it is you actually go in front of people and go before people yeah. to impart a message that you want people to get behind. Yeah. And I will tell you there, one of the first times that I did when I, when I had the released and ready, um, I just launched it and I had my mm -hmm. first live event and there was, you know, there were, it was a small group. I, I like to do these in, in small groups of about 10 or so. And so there was a small group of women, several of whom knew me personally, um, not, you know, being great friends of mine, but they knew me because of they, you know, we'd been around each other in other circles. And there was one woman who knew nothing about me, had never met me, had never spoken to me, didn't know my background or anything. And so she signed up because the message that I had put out in describing what this was about resonated with her because mm -hmm. there were some things that she really wanted to unpack. And so we're going around the room and, you know, everybody's, I'm asking everybody to introduce themselves and to, to, to let us know why they came. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she was listening to everybody else go around. And of course I'm, you know, I'm the facilitator. So I am dressed, you know, in my heels and I have on my nice suit and I have my hair done and my makeup is perfect. And, you know, and this is great. And, you know, this is my first time coming out in this big event and, you know, it's great for me, even though, you know, it's a small group of people. So I made sure that I was immaculate looking mm -hmm. and she looked at me and after everybody had gone around and she said, you know, why she had come and she said, but I think I made a mistake coming here because I'm looking at you and I don't see how you could ever relate to what I'm going through and what I'm feeling because you look too perfect. Bingo. And, and I bingo. went, and, and I hadn't introduced myself yet, aside from saying I'm Keisha, I'm your facilitator today. <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't told anything about my background. I hadn't told about my experiences, nothing. And right. she hit me and she said, you know, I don't, I think this was a mistake because mm -hmm. I needed to have someone that I could relate to that I knew had been where I am and had gotten out of it. I, I can't, I, I, I don't think this is good for me. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, um, you said I look too perfect. And you said, I don't look like I've been through anything. And she said, yeah. And I said, ah, okay. First of all, you're not getting a refund. But second of all, <laughs> <laughs> love it. But second of all, let me tell you about my story 
And I said, and I was waiting until everyone was done before I shared my journey. And I told her about Katrina. I told her about being homeless. I told her about my, my surgeries and, and almost dying and, you know, being, you know, having a tube shoved down my throat and not being able to breathe on my own because my, my organs were failing. I told her about, um, my abusive relationship. I told her about the time I was, my mouth was taped shut in first grade and I didn't speak, you know, out in public for the next 40 years. I mean, I told her all of these things mm-hmm. and I said, most people judge you based on what you look like you've gone through. Right. You just judged me based on my ability to not just survive what I went through, but to overcome it. Beautiful. Beautiful. And and it was like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. If you look yes. like you've been through the ringer, nobody wants to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look like that. Right. But if you look like you like you haven't been through anything. Right. You're like, oh well, you've never I can't relate to you. And so that's when we become the walking billboards. We become yes. through our vulnerability, through sharing our journey and our story and telling people, this is what I struggled with, but this is how I overcame it. Let me help yes. you. That's absolutely only through that vulnerability and only through owning that. And realizing that doesn't define me, it enhanced me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's a beautiful example. And it does unpack a lot of things because, you know, when I said bingo to her, having said that before you finished up with what you were going to share with the rest of us here, which I appreciate you having done, Keisha, because I mean, there's just so much yumminess in what you said. And it's such an imperative message, you know you're also very comfortable in your skin. And yes, a certain event is going to dictate a certain amount of presentation, right? You've got to look polished. You've got to look put together. Um, And, you know, clearly that woman falls into a huge, and we've all been guilty of it at different times, myself included, where we do make assumptions or presumptions based on the exterior of somebody. And then when it comes to things like when we're putting our own vulnerability on the table for open exposure, we look at somebody like you who in that particular instance is polished, is put together, is quaffed, and we think, okay, well, I'm already feeling vulnerable, but for what I know that I've got inside of myself, how do I know I can trust this person who looks like completely the opposite of how I feel like I'm falling apart inside? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, what I'm saying the bingo is to everything, going back to what you said about the filters on the Instagram pictures, when people see that you are so comfortable in, in who you are, and yes, each event is going to dictate to what degree you show up in all facets of who you are. But when you can show up, in all facets of who you are based on the situation that dictates how you should be showing up from an optic standpoint, when people see the full flavor and the full spectrum of who you are, good days, bad days, you look, you know, you, you got your shit together, but you don't necessarily look polished, but your message is congruent and it's authentic because it doesn't hinge, nor is it contingent on the exterior package of how great your hair and your look, your, your nails look Mm -hmm. right. That's when you know that you get genuine buy-in from people. Yes. Um, so the, the way that you uh, schooled that woman, that was brilliant. So <laughs> I just, I just want to say good on you. But I also want to say being cognizant of time, 
I want to, because I mean, I know that the listeners, the loyal listeners in the 145 countries in which they're hearing your message, Keisha, and for the podcast subscribers, uh, you know, your spirit speaks true. Your authenticity, your authenticity is, is coming through very clearly. What you have survived in having a little bit of uh, life hard knock experience, which makes you relatable to anybody no matter what they've gone through, that might be a replica of what you've gone through or not. It doesn't matter. It takes true courage to show up, to be vulnerable, and still err on the side of wanting to give back. A lot of people would be so in self-preservation mode. It's like, I got to think about myself. I don't know when the next Katrina is coming. I don't know when the next abusive situation is coming. I don't know when the next knock to my business is coming. I got to focus on me because I've already had a couple of experiences where it's sink or swim quite literally in your situation, right? So, um, but the fact that you are such an innately caring, generous, nurturing uh, person who only wants to be instrumental in cultivating other people's purpose and passion and, and bring the best of who they are to light and get them shining and recognizing what they bring to the rest of the planet. I just want to say that, that you still have that aspect of wanting to show up for other people is phenomenal. So I want to give you the opportunity, Keisha, for those who are listening, where can they connect with you? Well, the and thank you so much for this opportunity and, and this and sharing this platform and allowing me to be able to to talk to um, and share my message with others. Um, the best way to find me is on my web's, website. It's Cars Group and that's K A R S Group dot com. Um, all together, no spaces, dashes, or anything. You can message me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Cars Group LTD. Um, I'm on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, you do a Google search, you'll find me. <laughs> um, Beautiful. And um, and you know, on my website, there's information links about my podcast. There's information about my online academy, ways to work with me, events, um, and I am. I am really excited about the fact that I'm relaunching my released and ready um, uh, approach. Um, it was something that I thought was just to be done for a season to kind of help me unpack and, and work with some people in the process. And I have um, come through my reflections to understand that this is something that I need to be continuing because as I'm growing <clears throat> and learning and becoming better and developing new tools of how I am, you know, elevating myself. Um, I need to share that with other people um, because it's, it's unnecessary for people to suffer when you yes. have someone who has gone through something and overcome it and can share their process. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, for the ways in which you continue to not only enrich and expand other people's lives, uh, but continuously paying it forward, being of service, rolling up your sleeves, arriving at what the solution is as opposed to being uh, problem saturated. Uh, I just want to say thank you because, you know, we do sit in current times and, and for every generation before us, every generation ahead of us, there's always going to be something that's happening in humanity where we're going to feel struggled as a, as a people struggled as a collective struggled, you know, struggling as a consciousness. So I just want to say for the ways that you continue to show up, I personally and professionally appreciate you. I applaud you. I commend you. You are truly a Shiro. Uh, and everything that you profess here on radio is not just a, it's not just a proclamation. It's something that you actually truly embody. 
And I think that's just brilliant. I think it's beautiful. I think you're beautiful. And because you were very generous and you were able to unpack a lot in a very short, finite period of time here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, Keisha, if there was one precise takeaway, more so than anything else that you tried to underscore here in the interview, what is the takeaway that you want to impress upon people the most? The one thing that I want people to understand is that um, change is a process. Mm -hmm. It begins with an event. And if you change your mindset, you can create your own success. Brilliant. Brilliant. So it's actually, you know, because for what you've just described there, you would be of the elk too, where you believe that we're the creator of our own reality, right? Yes. 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 Beautiful. And, um, so the information that you provided as well, that would be anybody who wants to appear as a prospective guest on your platforms as well? Yes. Yes. So if they go to the website, there is a form on the website that they can contact me. And if they would like to be a guest on my podcast, it's called Mindset to Mastery. And we talk about changing your mindset to master your success. Um, so they can send me a message there. Um, that's the best way to do it instead of messaging me on social media. So <laughs> that way Beautiful. it's organized. <laughs> and what else is upcoming? I mean, are you a part of any compilations books? Have you written your own book? Because you've got story upon story upon story in terms of using that as another vehicle or platform in which to get your beautiful message out there to the masses. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I actually, I wrote, um, I've written two books that I've published. Um, they're available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, one is called, um, note to self and it is a mm -hmm. collection of affirmations and um and uh, reflections um and it's done in a journal format and the other is called be the creator of your success not a victim of your circumstances 12 steps mm -hmm. to living the life you were destined to live and i am working on two others right now one is called released and ready the art of living boldly and the other is called equipped for change fantastic no you're not busy <laughs> no not at all <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love the fact that you've taken all of your experiences and you've infused it into something creative. Uh, that's not only a gift that you continue to give and it's a win-win situation for anybody who comes to know you or crosses your path or does business with you. Um, but it's also because life is a healing journey on a daily basis for all of us. So the fact that you're very constructive with not only cultivating new products, new services, and really getting you to continuously step out of your own comfort zone and not getting complacent with all your other accolades to date, uh, but always pushing the boundary on yourself, right? Always leveling yep. up for yourself. Um, but, but doing so in such a way that it's also very uh, intuitively instrumental as part of your own healing process. I think it's brilliant how you've navigated that for yourself. Yeah. And, and the one thing I, I love about my process is I, I share, share it with people because I always tell them we like to shy away from our journey of, of change and growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to use that instead as a stepping stone for you to go to another level, that's what it's there for. So Brilliant. the books that I'm creating, the programs that I'm putting out, the, the, the content on the podcast, you know, the, the blog and the, the articles that I'm writing, it's about using your experiences as stepping stones to greatness, not hiding it because you're mm -hmm. ashamed of it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, we know from all the people that we consider our own tangible or intangible mentors, had it not been for them vulnerably putting the light on themselves and exposing themselves in ways that probably at once upon a time and maybe still to some degree to this day, regardless of their stature, their uh, instant recognition, you know, being a notable household name, you know, it, it really is they have, they've really um, mastered that attractor factor because the attractor factor is just speaking their truth and mm -hmm. a lot of their truth and for, and for what they would be recognized and known for and sought out for today. It's based on a lot of the things that we don't necessarily want to remember as being part and parcel of our journey, but mm -hmm. we can't escape the fact that that's inclusive of who we are, even though we've made the, the staunch decision uh, to not define ourselves by those things. Right. right. Or or to keep us railroaded by those things and derailed by those things. Right. Um, and it's not about using that as a as a as a definer. Um, and, right. And that's, I think where people miss the opportunity. Mm -hmm. The more you're able to deal with a situation, unpack a situation, talk about a situation and really understand how you thrived through it what you mm. from it, how you grew as a result, how you're better. And hey, I'm still here. That's a part of your healing process. Absolutely. Me not talking about Katrina for 10 years didn't help me heal mm -hmm. any faster. It prolonged the process. And Bingo. Sharing your gift of your journey and your experience and being able to show up authentically and, vulner and vulnerably, that's your gift. That's your healing. That's Absolutely. Well, that's a lovely way to wrap up. So uh, Keisha, I can't thank you enough for the gift of your time. I can't thank you again for having graciously invited me onto your amazing uh, platform, your podcast. I think you're doing phenomenal stuff in the space. I think you really are making significant, profound change in the lives of other people. Um, and so for your small contributions, your large contributions, your quiet contributions and your well-known contributions, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up for you and not giving up. And thank you for therefore being able to show up for the collective. I really truly admire and respect you as a human being, as a fellow sister, as a fellow entrepreneur, as a fellow podcaster, fellow author. I just think you're an amazing human being. And I got a lot out of this personally for myself, having interviewed you today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So thank you so much okay. to the listening audience. To the listening audience, I want to thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedules once again for joining myself and Keisha A. Rivers here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm extremely clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you a phenomenal weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you and to you as well, Keisha. Take care of yourself. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. 
CBSRadio.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.